Hi, I'm Tom Shepherd, And I'm Peter Keegan. And welcome to Ask an Artist. This is the podcast designed for working artists and makers, people just like us, who are looking for tips and advice, ideas and strategies for not only making, but selling their work too. Covering a range of topics from social media to approaching galleries, interviewing fellow artists and industry experts, Ask an Artist podcast is here to keep you company in the studio and help you on your artistic journey. Now, it is a common and certainly a rather depressing fact that about 20% of small businesses fail in their first year and around 60% of small businesses then fail within the first three years. That is indeed a sobering thought for us working artists out there trying to earn a living. But what are the reasons for this? Well, after poor cash flow, the second reason small businesses give up is the inability to source and afford help. Help to grow, help to promote and help to create the work we are all so passionate about. So today, Tom and I will discuss the range of ways we have sought help from others to help grow our business and creative practice alongside other ideas that may help you as well. So, Tom, we have both been in this position where we've been working and working and then working some more so hard, burning the candle at both ends, where I think there's just got to a point where we've realised we cannot do this alone and that we have needed to have sought some help. And it's something that I certainly experienced very early on in my artistic career, where I was busy as a working artist and painting in different shows and exhibitions. And then suddenly I realised, oh, I need to do this thing called a tax return. And I completely forgot that it was the deadline was coming and that I needed to do it. And numbers are really not my forte. I'm really struggled. I've struggled all my life at school with numbers. And yet here I was, I was faced with the screen and the form and I was having to put all these numbers in, rootling through my wallet and, and bags and boxes for receipts and all the different mileys that I did and, and putting it in in a very clumsy way. And that was that realisation that if I'm going to do this, I either need to change something about my working practice where I put a lot more effort into something that I struggle with anyway, or I'm going to have to find someone to help me achieve that. And that was quite a a real pinnacle because I did feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. I did have to do something that I didn't want to do. I found enormously stressful um, and and, and wasn't doing a very good job job of doing it. If only I could find someone to help. And as soon as I had that thought and thought I can try and get someone to help, I had this weight off my shoulders that it isn't always going to have to be on me as long as I can find someone else to do that job. And that was a really important moment for me. Have you been in a similar position where you've realised you just cannot do it as wonderful and as successful as you are? You cannot do it on your own. Like multiple, multiple times uh, in very many different ways. But to take away... The thing that most resonates with me there is that feeling of a weight being lifted off your shoulders when you find someone else to do something for you. A couple of examples quickly come to mind. Like, if listeners don't know, I used to start it off my career painting on guitars. And those guitars needed to be finished to a high standard with a lacquer that needed to be sprayed and mixed and fumigated and then polished and all those sorts of stuff. And I took so much time and stress because I knew the product needed to be a high quality and it was horrible it almost made me stop the business completely I was just like I can't do this it's taking so much of my time it's a horrible job and it's still not coming out as I want it and then it seemed so simple I said oh I just find someone who sprays guitars for a living and get them to do it and that little switch of mindset 
to just get someone else to do it. The quality was instantly better. I could charge more for my work. I had probably 60% more time immediately and my stress levels, the most important thing I think with this Mm. above all else is your stress levels. High levels of stress for a long period of time are not going to do you any good. And I've gone through Mm. periods of my life, through my business where I've been working too hard, candle at both ends, very stressed, and it makes you ill. And it's only going to continue to make you ill. So you have to be realistic. If you're in this for the long run, you are going to need some help. For me, there was... I wouldn't say an ego. I just felt like I should prove myself and do everything myself from my accounts to my framing, Mm. to my lacquering, to my preparation, every single little thing. But exactly as you said, I can pinpoint all of this moments when it just got too much. And then the weight that lifted when I chose to have an accountant, have someone else Mm. spray the guitars, someone else do my framing. Unbelievable. Yes, there's an investment. So it does feel like a leap, doesn't it? It feels like, you. oh, okay, I'm making a jump now financially, but the value of that financial jump can be huge if you, mm. if you do it right. I think there is a perception as well, particularly for working artists. Um, and this, this is the, the sort of downside of when you, you look at how others do it, which is a useful thing in the business, but also it can sometimes be uh, detrimental when you compare yourself to others and you're looking at other artists going, well, they are doing not just well but they are coping they are clearly able to turn up to fairs and get their work presented to the most beautiful standard and they're not having any uh, complications in terms of dealing with customers or the taxman and so on and you think well they they're doing it they must be doing it on their own and nine times out of ten if you ask them they're very quick to say oh no i don't do that i've delegated that to somebody else exactly but then of course what we don't do as artists we don't promote that we sort of it's very rare that we go around going oh i give this to that and this that person and put that on social media on our websites but there is this perception that you have to do it on your own and i've seen you know some really good friends really struggle and be enormously overwhelmed by this huge burden that they have to take it all upon themselves to do it and they sort of almost take the the, the identity of being an artist which is yes. of course incredibly self you know centered yep. as being an artist it's all about us starling it's all about us and what we paint and what we want to say and what we want to do and create but when it comes to running a business which is very very different we yes. have to admit that we do not have all those skills available to us and I think one of the biggest parts of looking for help and seeking help is just admitting that you need it in the first place oh absolutely it's for me it's all part of the same little thing which is where you stop analyzing everything purely emotionally based upon yourself and you start to ask the question what does the business need which direction should I take the business and you, you can slightly remove yourself emotionally then when you start looking at the business as its own little entity and, and start making decisions that will suit the business. And if they suit the business, they're also going to suit you as the individual. And these steps do feel scary though. Like I, it, back when I chose to have an accountant, it was for exactly the same reasons as you. It was literally toe curlingly stressful and it was taking up so much of my time. It's not a huge amount of money looking back, but at the time compared to how early on in the business it was and how little money I was actually making, it felt like a really big deal to pay an accountant. But like you said, it's just this, this idea of a weightlifting is the thing that just really comes back to me. And I can, I can pinpoint loads of different occasions when it happened. And it can Mm. be tricky as well. So one of the big things for me is that because I've pretty much always been self-employed even back when I was gardening I was a self-employed gardener 
and it has been just me. There's a little bit of pride in there as well. Like, oh, I do everything yeah. myself. But there's also an element of like, I can control every single bit of this and this yeah. is how I do it. And I'm a self-admitted control freak or have been in the past. I'm not anymore. But letting go of jobs to other people, whatever that job is, is hard because maybe you have certain ideas about how you like things done. Maybe you have certain standards that you don't think other people will meet. All of these little questions that come up and you have to let go of a lot of that stuff. And that's not easy. Or well, I haven't mm. found it easy. I don't think it's easy at all. No. And I think, you know, you, you, you know your subject well. You know, you know your material, you know your audience, you know the, the product inside out. And that's never going to go away. You are the biggest cog in this business, your artistic business, and you will always be the main cog that runs this machine. But there'll come a point where if that cog gets jammed, it's not going to move. It's not going to go anywhere. And you need these like little supporting cogs that are going to kind of keep moving when even one of them stops and one of them kind of stops the momentum. All the others are still going to be able to carry on. And you're quite right. Just because you're not doing it doesn't mean that you're not managing it. You will still yes. be overseeing. You will still be checking in and making sure it is to the standard that you would want it or whatever it may be. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about then different ways of getting help. And we'll start off in a kind of a professional context, if you like, and we'll talk about, you know, paying others for help. There's a huge number of people that we can pay as creatives to help us uh, run our creative business. So you pointed out very well, uh, an accountancy, someone who's very good with numbers can certainly come in and help us out. But then there's, of course, the marketing side of things. There's website design and maintenance. There's, um, you know, social media, framing, even administration, these sort of day-to-day jobs, which take up a huge chunk of our time. These are things that we could potentially uh, delegate to others. And there's a huge chunk of those that I've just listed that I have delegated to others. I have to admit, I started off doing it to begin with. I didn't mm-hmm. uh, delegate all those jobs from scratch no. and someone else starting it. It's always been started uh, with me as the artist, but over time, when the needs of those different areas have gotten so big and eating into my time, that's when I've started to uh, to, to pay uh, somebody else uh, to do that. But I think what you've just said there is an important point, Pete, because it's a sign that you are growing and that's ultimately what you want to be doing. So don't fear needing other people's help you're needing so many paintings framing that you need a framer like that's a good thing don't be scared of that but like you said you you naturally if you don't have much money to start up a lot of us didn't you will do a lot of stuff yourself and as you've said perfectly fine to get to a level where you say actually enough's enough so for me, I think that the biggest sort of downside of, of, of employing and getting people help is that kind of cost and relinquishing control. I mean, for the, those are the, the, the two kind of biggest areas. And you, of course, yeah. you do have to be in a healthy uh, position to be able to afford to, uh, to pay for help. And you have to be strong enough to resilient to say, I do need help, but please help me yes. grow this business. You're absolutely right. That's the only way that I think you will grow and develop successfully as a business. If you look at some of the greatest artists of the past and present, they are not doing it on their own. They had, in many ways, an army of people behind them that have got them to the notoriety that we that we know and celebrate them to today. So it isn't always on your shoulders. No. You are going to need some support. So what we're kind of talking about here is outsourcing small jobs. And I think, like to listeners, if you're if you're still doing a lot of stuff yourself, like some practical advice would be to sit down and say and look at all of the different things that you're doing, all of the different hats that you're wearing. Even if you don't plan to immediately say, 
actually, where could I start outsourcing some stuff? Start investigating how much that would cost. Start thinking about how much time that would save you and how much that time is valued by you. How much more money might you be able to make because you could do more painting because you've outsourced like four hours a week to someone else? You know, practical advice, sit down, look at all the stuff you're doing. What could you outsource? And just start gently. You don't have to outsource everything at once. You don't have to start Mm. paying someone huge amounts of money. Maybe just find a framer and get them to do a few frames, see how the relationship goes. You know, this doesn't have to Mm. be a huge leap straight away for every possible outsourcing thing. I love the idea of writing down a list of here's all the duties that I do as an artist. You know, your job description for all the different jobs and points. And there'll be inevitably a chunk of them that you will enjoy. You may love going to art fairs and festivals. You may love making plinths and frames and cases to present work. You may love the financial side and you've got a head for numbers and you may really get for that. Yeah. But then there'll be others that won't be. You may have weaknesses in, in like my case, numbers. You may be a shrinking violet where you just find talking to people and, and getting yourself out there a very, very difficult, uncomfortable, unpleasant experience and it's not yeah. selling you to your best of abilities. And I think by ident- identifying where your strengths are within the business and then indeed your weaknesses, of course, that's going to naturally push you in the direction of where you can seek help absolutely there's two different types of of sort of seeking help financially and there's working with uh, kind of one-off contractors someone else that can come in very quickly and take the load off and what's really good about these is of course you, you you don't relinquish too much control they come in they support you they lift you up they kind of get you out of a hole and that's it the slight downside of work with particularly uh, professional contractors is that you, what you're not in control with is the services they offer. Some might be very uh, structured and linear. They only offer this service, but they don't offer that. And that may not always fit in with exactly your unique identity and the unique offering as an artist, number one. Mm. And also that they are in complete control of their pricing. It's not like you can mm. sense this is what I'm going to pay you. It's like, sorry, if you want this service to fix your website or if you want to become more SEO and more visible on Google, that's great, but it's going to cost this. And that is sort of the little bit that's out of your control. So Tom, in this terms of sort of getting one-off sort of contractual help, do you utilize that as part of your business as an artist? I do. Yeah, absolutely. So aside from the framing accounting stuff, I do actually have someone who I pay on like an ad hoc basis to do administration. So they're, they've been doing work for me for like a year and a half, but sometimes they do an hour a week. Sometimes they do 15 hours a week and I just pay them in that sort of way. It suits me at the moment, but I'm very interested to chat to you because I can feel on the horizon brewing that I need more help than that and more consistency but there's a little bit of resistance for me to really pin down a contract and start employing someone like on a more regular basis but this is something that I know that you already do so I'm interested to hear your kind of experience of being an employer. Over the last few years, I have been employing two people uh, to sort of help uh, run things, run the business as being an artist. And it's a very different set of responsibilities if you are going to be um, employing people. Um, Let's start why it's so good. I mean, first of all, it's wonderful to have a really strong working relationship with somebody. And this can be, it doesn't have to be full time. It could be part time, but it doesn't matter. But it's the regularity of it where they know you 
as an artist creator. They know you as how you're running business. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses. And then they can sort of, you can start molding, if you like, to each other. You can start, they can start helping and supporting much more deeper than a contractor just doing a service. Thank you very much. And that's serving a job. So there's something incredibly beneficial about having a very strong working relationship Mm. that has enormously helped the development of of my art business and art career. Um, And the fact that utilizing the skills of my employees as well, knowing where they work very, very well uh, in terms of customer service and accountancy and and website and so on, that has really allowed me to step back because I have complete peace of mind that they are doing a job way better than I could, but I'm still involved. I can still catch up with them on a weekly basis, see what they're doing. They're checking in with me. Is this the sort of thing that we like? And I'm so I'm still the captain of the ship, but I'm not down there, you know, doing all the the bits and bobs to make the ship uh, run. Knowing you guys and what we call you like your team, it's it's really, really wonderful watching you guys all work as a team. And I'm like, yeah, I can hugely see the benefit of that. That's what I want for my own business at some point fairly soon, even if it's just one other person that it's also a bit of an emotional network and support network, isn't it? That kind of thing. I think the biggest thing for me, though, and and maybe you can speak to this, Pete, with your experience, is that going from kind of paying someone on an ad hoc basis, something that I can kind of say, actually, this isn't working any longer for me, or it's not working for you, or actually, there's no hours for the next four months. What we're talking about here is employing someone and you are making a commitment to that person. And suddenly the financial element of the business is that someone else is going to be either fully or at least largely dependent on the income of your business and that for me with what we're talking about that's the resistance and the leap that I'm having a little bit of fear about is that suddenly Mm -hmm. there's a need to hit a certain amount of income because I need to pay someone at the end of the month or every two weeks or whatever that to me feels scary it is right to feel scary because it is a huge decision and it's a huge decision in two ways. Number one, you have to look at the business and will the business be able to afford it? In, in, in it's very basic. Let's just say it's just two, three hours a week, but it's mm. regular two, three hours a week. You know, can it afford that? And if it can afford it the, on that very start off point, then that's fantastic. You have to look that when this person then joins your team, they're going to add to that. And what yes. they'll add is hopefully your business generating more income and you can either pocket that income or you can invest that by giving your staff more time. And if you can do that, then the business will grow. And that's how sort of the growth kind of really starts. But of course, you have to be at that sort of basic level that you can at least offer them some sort of regularity. But you as the employer can set what that regularity is, how many hours a week they work, and also, you know, what you're going to pay them and the duties involved. To me, this sounds like, and like any other business opportunity in many ways, there's a little element of a bit of a leap of faith that needs to happen. And at some point, you guys obviously made this kind of leap of faith, but with the having analysed it properly and really thought about it in depth and then making that little leap Once you made the leap, did you notice like an immediate kind of benefit to having someone else on the team? Yes. And it felt it was partly to do with the support. You know, I felt supported. I didn't feel like I was on my own or in a team of two. Having, you know, a third or fourth person involved, suddenly the the load could be spread. Suddenly you had a greater range of expertise. And then suddenly momentum was getting quicker. 
Yeah. And pace was building and success was building. And we were seeing real time results, um, in, in whether it's sale of work or, or courses or whatever. We were seeing it very, very quickly because we had that help, um, irrespective of what it was. Um, so you, we, I, we did notice it very, very quickly, but both in a kind of, uh, it was a reassurance as well that yeah. it wasn't, it was no longer, struggling and trying to figure out and fumble it was it was reassuring from a psychological point of view but it was reassuring that we were seeing the benefits quite quickly i just want to pull out a word that you said there which is momentum and this as someone working although like i said i've got someone doing ad hoc admin which takes the weight off there's still a lot of things that i am fully in charge of and controlling and it's very hard to keep the momentum up of all of these different plates if you want to call it a plate spinning you inevitably some drop when actually it would be better mm. if they'd stayed spinning. And momentum is the word. If I can keep more of my different channels of the business gently moving forward, I can see that the growth is there. And I think this is why I'm literally on this, what would you call it? The precipice? I don't know. Like, uh, Literally yeah. on the point of like, stay where I am, don't grow, but be fairly comfortable or make the leap to the other side and realize that actually I could grow a lot more mm-hmm. without a huge commitment in the grand scheme of things. Like, although I'm saying I'm fearful, like you said, actually you can, you can do it on your own terms because you're the employer. You say how exactly. many hours you say, how much you're going to pay. Um, and I guess if it really isn't working, although it wouldn't be a nice thing to have to do, you may have to let someone go, which is, I guess, something that you're just accepting as an employer is that you are suddenly yeah. managing people as well. That's right. I mean, if you are going down the employment route, you have to ask yourself, can you be a boss? Because if you are going to be a boss, if you are going to be an employer, you do have a duty of care to the people in your employment. And that really does come first. So you have to be you know, aware of their needs. You have to be aware of when things work. It's wonderful, but things can also go the other way. Mm. So sometimes your staff may be you know, sick. You have to think about uh, what happens if they're not fulfilling the duties as you'd expect. How would you go about either supporting them or then taking further action if you need to let them go of their job? You also have to be as aware that you know, we know in the art world, it can be a precarious a situation where you know some months or years you're doing very well financially and other times things go very very quiet you yes. have to think about what happens if suddenly you cannot afford this person anymore you know you may have to make this person redundant or would you reduce their hours so having things like a contract you know you have to have a contract this is a legal thing you have to have a contract in terms of what the duties what's expected um, mm. of the employee uh, and then things like hours and so on there are things you need to be aware of as well. Um, things like uh, employee liability insurance. You have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of, of course, the health and safety. If they're working in your environment and studio, you might be happy tripping over easels and, and clumps of clay and, and <laughs> furnaces if you're making metal work. But of course, if you've got someone else there that can easily hurt themselves, you know, you, you have that duty of care uh, to, uh, to look after them. And you have to ask yourself, are you going to be a good employer? Are you going to be good for them? You know, because of course, when we work in a job, we want to gain something. You know, there's something quite exciting about working 
with an artist. They may have an interest in art usually, um, and there will be something that they may want to get out of it. Are they going to be trained in new areas? Might they be an artist sort of in the wings that are looking to gain some skills and experience? So it is a sort of a reciprocal thing sometimes. What can you offer them? Are you going to be a good boss to them and be very open and sharing? Or do you just want to get on with a job and and not particularly bother you so you can get off and get away and, and go and paint? You have to kind of be aware of that. Are you going to be more of an Alan Sugar um, way where you're just going to fire people left, right and centre when they don't do what you're going to do? Or are you going to be much more inclusive and and see this as a long-term relationship? Because yeah. I think for me, if you are a good boss and you can you can pick apart what good means. But if you're a good boss, what you'll get back is you'll get loyalty from mm. those that work with you. And then consequently, they will work hard and they will want you to succeed. And it's beneficial because if you're succeeding, then it's going to naturally um, come back to them as well. Absolutely. I really love that, Pete. I'd never, I guess I'd never really thought about it in quite that sort of way where actually, yeah, yes, you're a team, but this is really is going to be a working relationship and it could be an amazing working relationship and I think the way you've just explained it there has definitely sold me well I think that's a good time to pause for the moment and to brush up on some of our favorite art materials hunting out a few quality brushes is key to not only our success as watercolorists but more importantly our enjoyment of the medium as an oil painter I was a huge fan of rosemary and co brushes and when I found out they made synthetic watercolor brushes I knew I was in for a treat Synthetic simulations of natural hair have come a long, long way over recent years. Rosemary and her team have spent countless hours perfecting and honing their own synthetic hairs to recreate the feel, the flow and the character of more traditional brushes and the results are wonderful. I'll home in on my favourite brushes another time, but my two go-to brush series, the ones I would never leave home without, are the Sienna Faux Squirrel Range Beautifully soft, it holds buckets of water, glides over the page, but it also comes to a refined and delicate point when needed. And the Red Dot series, Rosemary & Co's answer to Synthetic Sable, with all of the wonderful, lively properties of the real thing. Great water holding capacity, a springy yet soft and delicate feel, with a great release of pigment from the refined tip. It's an absolute cracker of a brush series. So the characteristics and performance of natural hair, at a more accessible price point, in my experience, more durable brushes, and they're great if for any reason you're wanting to move away from animal-based art supplies, a winner all round. Not only that, they are all handmade with a genuine love for brushes here in the UK. And if you would like to find out more about these brushes or would like to order your own free mail order catalogue shipped anywhere around the world, then simply visit rosemaryandco.com. And now we've had our brush fix, let's get back to the topic of asking for help. Now, for those of you out there who affording help and support is not an option, there are, of course, plenty of other areas worth pursuing because, of course, the very first help that I sought was not employing somebody, but it was keeping it very much in the family where I sought the help of my wife, uh, Kimberly, and it was Kimberly who jumped to my rescue as I was stressing out, trying to fill in that tax return, not an understanding what these boxes meant and which number went in which column and what all of this meant she came in and said oh it's very simple you just do this 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 and she did it because numbers are a forte of hers compared to mine and very very slowly 
Kimberley was was my support. And speaking to many artists, it is a spouse, a partner, or a very, very close friend tends to be the first point of call where they can start to take some of the load off or at least start to give a little bit of their wisdom and expertise into what you should be doing and doing it a lot better. I think it's quite telling that I think when you're struggling as an artist, the first person that notices, of course, is your loved ones, your friends, the person that lives with you and can see that you're struggling and that you're stressing. And it's therefore not a surprise that they tend to be the first one to say, well, let me help you. Let's see if I can make your life just a little bit easier and a little bit uh, better to manage. And over time, I know a number of artists where actually it is a very, very strong husband and wife team yeah. where oh, the completely. artist is employing the spouse and it is a pair a very very strong pair that are do, that support and know each other incredibly well um, and other friends and family uh, members as well that can bring something to it so it doesn't always have to be kind of completely outsourced and you're spending a lot of time on google trying no. to find the right person can be in-house in-house there might be someone who's perfect for the job right under your nose we've had this discussion many times my partner and i um, but we have decided against this route for various reasons. However, as you said, I know so many artists and other businesses that are a husband and wife or partner relationship. But yeah, absolutely. Family is a great place to start. I could not tell you how many times my mum, especially when I was starting out, came along and helped me with like art fairs, craft fairs, exhibitions. She's still is a massive support and will do that stuff if I ask. She's even been my framer. And what's lovely is she is a painter herself. She loves being involved in that world, but obviously I never paid her. I couldn't have done any of this stuff without her. And she took on a very different role from my dad, for example. My dad's much more like pragmatic and gets stuff done behind the scenes. If you want a job done, he's your man. Um, he's done many things for me too, but my mum has been more front of house and all of that sort of stuff. And I wouldn't have been able to get to where I'm at without those guys back when I was doing the guitar stuff a lot of my friends were musicians and I had I'd do big like four or five day music fairs and they would love coming to those but the the trade-off was that they'd spend the morning on the stall with me and then they could go off in the afternoon and we'd swap around and they got really fun experiences that really suited them and they got in these big places for free uh, in Mm -hmm. special days when only the exhibitors were there so you can always kind of make it fun and exciting and interesting for the family or the friend or whatever to Mm. get involved yeah because a lot of these things are actually quite fun and they're more fun when there's not just one of you and actually it's not always super super hard work when there's not just one of you as well I mean, I've known a couple of really good examples which sort of illustrate that, and it's partly supporting utilising other people's strengths. So I know a few artists who are not au fait with social media and website. And what they have done, two different examples, uh, one has utilised, I think it was their nephew, in order to help build a website. And he was learning about website building, I think, just at GCSE A level, so quite a kind of young teenager. But of course, he was really thirsty and wanted to do it. And then the, the uncle gave them the job to do, you know, can you build me a website? And it was a wonderful partnership because both were kind of benefiting enormously from the, the, the nephew kind of in terms of developing a portfolio work. And then, of course, the artists have a really very modern, up to date, very swanky website promoting their work. And the other yes. example then is social media. I mean, for some people, social media is something they don't want to do and find very difficult. 
Is there a young person in your family that is very happy on social media and knows it inside out that could happily get you hundreds and hundreds of followers very quickly because they're more on it and they're more in tune with it? And I know an artist that has done that very, very successfully. They don't do their social media at all. They've delegated to a young family member who's so switched on to social media purely for her pastime and recreation and does very, very well out of it. So again, look at the skill set, look at the different generations because different generations are going to give you very different things. I love that. Yeah. And I uh, suddenly something's popped into my mind. There's a very famous artist who does a lot of stuff online on YouTube. And I know, for example, that he employs his son because he's really into like video making and all of that sort of stuff. And that I have seen multiple times, actually. And the takeaway point I'm getting here from all of this is actually this is Mm. a two way thing. It's not just like you need something doing and I need someone to do it and that's it. Actually, there's a two way thing here. Maybe that person will really enjoy this. Maybe they'll gain a lot of experience from it. Maybe it'll set them off on a path in their Mm. own life. Um, particularly when it's something like what we do, where there are a lot of people that want to get into the creative world and it doesn't, they don't necessarily want to be running a business themselves, but they want to be involved in the creative world because it is a very exciting place to be. It's a very interesting place to be. No two days are ever the same on the whole. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get this picture now that this is a, like a two way thing that can really benefit everyone involved absolutely i think when it is when it does hit that perfect balance and i think that's when the best products and the best working relationships occur let's talk about another area of help and of course that's looking for volunteers and i suppose it's an element what we talked about they wouldn't uh, those family members and friends wouldn't necessarily be doing it for any type of financial gain they may be gaining in others but there are lots of plenty of people out there that are looking for um, experience and if anyone who was trained in art school will will know that finding appropriate artistic work experience is so difficult i would have loved the opportunity to have worked in a studio with a working artist to have learned some of this how to be an artist day because I certainly wasn't taught at university so you know if you could offer some sort of experience whether it's paid or whether it's free or otherwise you know for a willing student or someone a budding emerging artist who wants to know more about what the art world really is could they help in some way now I've had different work experience uh, students over the last few years. I've had three different examples um, with a range of successes. Some have been very successful. Some have been in and they've just stayed for a few days and that's fine. But it's really important for them to get a taster, a bit of a reality. This is what it's like. Being an artist isn't always making beautiful creations and having a lovely time and everyone clapping and saying how wonderful you are. Sometimes it is going through receipts and sometimes it is packing things up and sometimes it is boring. A lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of the time. (laughs) I think that's the reality that you could offer someone who would be looking. So what could you offer? Look for those volunteers because I think there's a lot more out there than I think we realise. And that's, I love that as well, Pete. I've not really honestly given much consideration to that before, but I like that because we then, as we've spoken about this before, you become part of a bit more maybe this is slightly over romanticizing it but you become part of this kind of lineage where you're a little bit further on in your career it's if it's someone who wants to be in the art world come out of art school whatever like it's almost like you're you're kind of bringing them up into it a little bit and showing them how it's done Mm -hmm. because we're a little bit further along in our Mm -hmm. journey and I think that's a really nice approach to one thing I quickly want to say is when I put an advert out to find someone to do my admin, I got a lot of people who were very young, just come out of art school, who desperately, desperately wanted 
the work. It wasn't the right thing for what I wanted. However, I can see that there are a lot of people there that really want that. So yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting point. And if you want to find you know, find out where such a potential help could be, you know, you start off with your own channels to begin with, whether it is your own mailing list or social media uh, on your website. But then uh, is there a local college, university or even secondary school near you? If you sent them a, a, an email saying, hello, this is me. I have a potential here and I have an, a, an opportunity for some work experience that will get sent to the, the appropriate person. Um, and then, you know, hopefully they'll get in touch with that. So, you know, be proactive in finding it. Because I think sometimes yes. I've, I've spoken to these organisations and they complain there just isn't the opportunities out there. If you think you mm. are an opportunity, you need to make yourself known to those that can help. Definitely. Let's talk about the um, next area now, seeking help with other artists by collaborating. Because sometimes if you pool your experience, knowledge and resources together with fellow artists and creatives, it can be incredibly wonderful experience and it can be a very cost-effective way uh, to kind of help you out in your artistic uh, journey. I mean, a good example, uh, very obvious, is, you know, if you will have a studio, if you were to share your studio space with another artist, you're cutting, you know, your cost of the bills and so on in mm. half, but then you're actually working potentially in collaboration uh, with with that artist in, in ways that you run your business. So you can use each other's strengths and weaknesses, I suppose, to support and grow in that respect. Definitely. And this is a really, really, really important one in business in general. Like, we've spoken about it before but art other artists are never competition in my experience some people might disagree but in my experience of doing this i've never come up against an artist who i deem competition we're all this little community we all kind of work together people might have the wrong impression of the word collaboration that it means you literally are working on a creative project together it can be that and that can be really fantastic but it doesn't have to be maybe you're doing an exhibition together with a whole load of other artists or just another artist Mm -hmm. but they might be doing some of the marketing where you are not so great on that or you do like a social media collaboration Mm -hmm. or a podcast collaboration where you are benefiting from the other person's followers you're benefiting from what they're really good at like you know my strength is not in marketing myself in the same way that you guys do you have a different kind of skill set when it comes to marketing and I'm benefiting off that from the back of this podcast (laughs) but I would hope it's kind of reciprocal and it works both ways you're being very quiet now Pete but yeah it's uh... (laughs) oh always Tom always Tom I'm always benefiting off my experiences (laughs) with you but yeah absolutely it's such an important thing there's so many different ways you can collaborate with other artists and and benefit from that relationship yeah well I mean there's a few examples that come to mind I know a great uh, team and they are ceramic uh, artists and they are they are two individual artists they each have their own very unique distinct uh, style and where they use the clay and where they glaze but they fire and they glaze together they kind of work all that together now of course the costs in in, in running a kiln and then the glaze and so on is incredibly expensive getting more expensive with the cost of fuel at the moment and they've been working collaboratively together just in that sense for a long time so of course they've instantly cut that but then of course they're naturally working together by saying well i went to this fair the other day and i deal with this gallery and they're like oh would you put me in touch with that one and and it's great that they're working incredibly strongly um you know their, their paths although very very different are very close to each 
other and they are supporting each other uh, through that. It's such a very, very clever, very kind of obvious way of, of working with a fellow artist. And again, and I'll pick what you set up as well, is, is finding an artist to exhibit with. Sometimes it'd be very difficult to find and to run an exhibition of your own, particularly if it's a, an exhibition you are organising yourself, whether it's a pop-up or something a little bit longer. Putting all that pressure on yourself to not only fill the space, but to market it, to promote it, to be there for the sales and the stewarding. If you could find another artist that you can collaborate with, suddenly you've halved your workload. Maybe there's you don't have to fill it all and, and put the pressure on to putting all of your pieces up. Maybe some of those bad pieces you'd rather not sold, but you're putting up just to fill the space. Suddenly you've got another artist that can support you and you're both going to benefit each other enormously. So it's about kind of working very cleverly and, and identifying how another artist can support you, but likewise how you could support them as well. Absolutely. And uh, I could give endless examples, but I can definitely say that working with other artists has been a crucial part of my business as we're seeing right here many times but I think also something we've spoken about a lot in the podcast is that business doesn't always have to be this very straight-laced very logical thing like you can be creative in the way that you run your business and this is another example of it be creative in the way that you find help and then lastly, I think it's important to, to use and identify your local business support network. Now, it's that word business. Yes, you're an artist. Of course, you're a creative. But if you're taking this seriously, you are a business. And there is so much business support out there. There'll be training opportunities, there'll be funding, there'll be grants that are available to you. Not because you're an artist, it's because you are running a business. So look out for business networks, look out for your local regional county hubs. There'll be all sorts of stuff irrespective of where you are around the globe that are support there to support small emerging businesses, which is what most artists, not all, but most working artists tend to fit in. So don't neglect that side of things. It isn't all about utilising arty farty people. It's actually utilising people who are working in the business world that want you to thrive. I think that's great, Pete, because you have uh, slapped me in the face with that information and made me realize that I have never thought about it like that, but I am I'm immediately going to. I think I do know a few artists who would say that they are more of a business person than they are an artist and they go to business seminars and they connect with other business owners. And actually what you've said there um, has just triggered something in my mind. So thanks for that. I have benefited enormously from uh, working and thinking of, of, of seeking business help, both financially in terms of funding mm. and both marketing opportunities. And I have sold, I have sold to other businesses and organisations who want to work with an artist because never undervalue the specialness of you as a creative individual. You're an artist. You're a magical, creative, wonderful specimen and being that most people go look and go, wow, as a real life living artist, <laughs> you know, you are very unique. That's a, your USP, your unique selling point as what your business is. You are an artist. We will inevitably come to a point in any professional artist's career where an artist will hit their head on the ceiling and will need to seek the help of others to grow and develop from practical jobs such as doing that tax return to a more open form of support like gaining the advice and thoughts from your local artistic community or business community seeking help is a sign of strength and not a weakness asking for help clears space for you and frees your time and energy to create and make more art oh wouldn't that be nice sounds fantastic 
Thanks for listening, guys. And thank you so much also for all of your reviews and your ratings, both on the website and on Apple Podcasts. They really do help keep the podcast visible and afloat and free for everyone. And finally, you can catch up with everything that we've discussed during this episode and all the other episodes in the past at our dedicated website, askanartistpodcast.com. <laughs>